Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now for Why It Matters. And this morning, we're talking about the rise of IoT devices, Internet of Things, right? Especially in the healthcare sector that has helped patients and doctors alike, notably in monitoring patients' state of health in real time. It's also brought the rise of various security issues like data and operation compromise, ransomware, phishing attacks, things like that. And recently, the Cybersecurity Agency of Singapore, CSA, has introduced a labeling scheme for medical devices that allows healthcare providers to make informed decisions in accordance with their cybersecurity policy. Now, this move also incentivizes manufacturers to develop more secure medical devices to strengthen the cybersecurity posture of the healthcare sector. So what makes data in healthcare so much more valuable in contrast to other sectors? And what can hospitals do to mitigate the vulnerability of their devices, especially when connected to critical IoT devices. On the line with me this morning is Chris Thomas, Senior Security Advisor for APJ at ExtraHop. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot for helping me out. So ExtraHop, we understand, provides cloud-native cybersecurity solutions to help enterprises detect and respond to advanced threats before they compromise a business. Although, as we started this conversation, or as I started the introduction, I do wonder, what makes data in healthcare so much more valuable compared to other sectors? I think the difference with the data in healthcare is how personal it is and how sensitive it can be for people, right? It's information that can't be changed, like a credit card can be changed and things like that can be fixed, but detailed information about health history, medical procedures and medical conditions can't be easily replaced. So it's something that uh, people hold very dear to their hearts and they're very close to them and the emotional stress and mental anguish when information might get leaked or spread on the internet uh, is very real. Mm, so it's really that quest to find personal data. What are the worst? What can hackers do with this personal data? What's the worst they could come up with? Well, I don't want to speculate to the worst they could do, but certainly what we've seen recently with uh, breaches in Australia has seen this information being leaked, very targeted leaks regarding information around people that have had uh, medical procedures like abortions, for example, okay. or have had. Okay. Uh, medical conditions around alcoholism. So things that are very sensitive and very private that you don't want everyone in the world to know about, and maybe especially your employer or people that you're very close to. You know, that's mm. information that you want to control who has access to that. So the value is in uh, the attackers holding that to ransom and making sure the person that, or the organisation that has been hacked where the data has been stolen from try and make them pay that ransom so it doesn't get leaked. I can imagine it's even more lucrative for them if it's health slash personal information of political figures. And that has happened before. Yeah, political figures or celebrities. Mm. It's a never-ending cycle of information and news about them that needs to be fed. So, yes, definitely high-profile people are very much uh, in the process for this kind of activity as well. Mm. Let's talk about the evolution of IoT devices. Tell us a little bit about how... It's evolved and contributed to the critical nature of IoT devices in healthcare. Sure. So the whole idea behind IoT devices are they're internet connected, or at least network connected. They maybe shouldn't be connecting to the internet, but they're definitely connected to networks within hospitals, for example. So it makes it easier to share the information and sharing diagnostics, right? So not, not so long ago, I remember 
go and have an x-ray and had to wait to get the film printed and then you take mm. that print to your doctor for your consultation. Now all of that's transferred automatically you know, via the network. So it's very convenient and it helps to speed up the diagnostic process. But the risks that we see are these devices inherently can't be modified or kept up to date from a security perspective by the IT administrators in the healthcare organisation because the manufacturers you know, want to make sure that the patches are safe, not going to affect the operation of the devices. So it can be slow for them to release them to allow them to actually be updated. I'm thinking that then this is a shift in mindset for the hospital's IT department, and I'm just loosely calling it that, IT slash cybersecurity mm-hmm. department. I mean, you talked about patches and, and all that. Is there extra training that needs to, to go into this, or must there be, I don't know, an evolution of cybersecurity approach? It's not so much the training in this aspect. It's things like the guidance from CISA coming out with the labeling for... Uh your healthcare devices really helps because it puts it onto the manufacturers to make sure that the devices can be updated, the devices can be made secure. Because we see examples in many cases, I used to work in incident response and I did many cases with hospital networks where things like ultrasounds, x-ray machines, they're typically running an older version of an embedded operating system like Windows XP or something like that, which Mm -hmm has gone end of life and is no longer supported by Microsoft or the manufacturer. But the device manufacturer is using that as its core base for its operating system to run the device. So they want to make sure that any patches or updates that happen to the device aren't going to break the system. And so they tend to stay on the side of, well, it's the system's working. If it's not broken, don't fix it in a way. But yeah. they don't look at it from the cybersecurity perspective of it being broken. So... I've seen cases of malware running around inside these networks based on old unpatched Windows XP operating systems, Mm. enabling things like WannaCry and malware and worms like that to actually spread inside the network. Okay. Chris, let's take a look at IoT devices in healthcare function. So it is through their connection to an uh, organization's network. So for the threat actors, how do they exploit the network to compromise those IoT devices? I mean, was it what you talked about? A simple thing like, like an operating system, not up to date, and therefore they can still get to the IoT devices? Yeah, that's one way. The other way is a lot of attackers are very opportunistic. And so they use services on the internet just to scan and look for systems that are exposed on the internet. Um, So it could be not necessarily that they're targeting a particular organization, but a scan results in this IP address is vulnerable and it's a device that happens to be an IoT device that's been either accidentally or mistakenly connected to the internet. And because it's an older device, it'll have some vulnerabilities that are known. It's an easy way for the attacker to get into the network. And most of the time now, we're not just looking at one system being compromised. Once an attacker has access into the network, whether it's through something that's open on the internet or through a phishing attack via administrators or marketing departments, for example, where once they get access to one system, they then use that access to navigate around and spread around the rest of the network to see where the interesting information might be and what other vulnerable systems might be available for them to exploit. Wow. And we complain that the firewall is so heavy. I know you mentioned some examples already and how important it is to have an updated cybersecurity posture. But what are some common mistakes that these hospitals tend to make when it comes to implementing IoT devices? It can be simple things like not segmenting the network. So if you have your administration network where you have doctors and finance and people that are sharing information that 
usually running more up-to-date operating systems or even tablets like iPads and things like that, which they use for diagnosis and keeping their notes, running them on the same network as these insecure IoT devices. So you end up with the ability for very easy cross-pollination or cross-infection uh, between the systems. So if those systems are able to be segmented and kept in a more secure enclave where you can really monitor that they're only doing what they're supposed to be doing and the access to those devices is only from authorised systems or authorised users, that can really make a difference. Mm. Is it possible to leverage that network as a source of protection? You know, you already know that these threat actors are trying to use that as a sort of a compromise bed. Yeah, and that's a way that you can sort of target your monitoring so that you know if these systems are vulnerable and they might be targeted by the attackers, you can focus monitoring to really take a closer look at those, right, which is right. the type of thing we help to provide with network visibility, where you can see all the network communications that are happening okay. and start to see if there are any changes to what's normal or what's expected for those devices. Mm, so, okay, it's like using, you know that they're going to target that area, therefore you put in extra monitoring. Are there any other ways that hospitals can mitigate the vulnerability in their networks? So the main one is so understanding what the threat is, so right. understanding what the level of vulnerabilities may be for these devices. And that, that can be difficult because sometimes the manufacturers aren't uh, are keen to come forward and share that information. So being able to actually do a, an asset inventory and understand just how many of the devices are connected, where they're connecting to, what their normal communication patterns are is a key thing. We mm-hmm. always say that if you can't see it, then you can't secure it. You know, much mm-hmm. like we've got X-ray machines to see inside us to diagnose problems, we look at the computer networks in the same way to be able to look at what all the communications are. So even these devices where you can't install an antivirus agent, for example, right, right. you can't install any endpoint software because they're a locked down um, sealed device in many ways, mm-hmm. being able to monitor from the network gives you that visibility to be able to actually see if there are any issues and stop them before they become a real problem. Chris, this final question really is personal, curious question. Let me know if it's outside your area of expertise. I've got no issue with that. But what sure. do you do if you're a hospital? And, and say I've got you as a security agency. I'm a hospital and some of my patients' data has been compromised. What are some of the suggested next steps to take, especially if they are being at ransom, if there's some kind of monetary demand being asked for? That's a, that's a very large question. <laughs> <laughs> I apologise, but I've always been curious. I mean, what are the next steps yeah. that, that they should take? I, there, are, there are different schools of thought to this. There are okay. many governments around the world that are trying to legislate that you just don't pay ransom full stop. Okay. And many okay. others that say, well, it depends on the situation and the type of the data and how it's uh, going to be, or how it would affect the people where the data has been, been taken. So it's a, it's a very nuanced subject. Mm. There's unfortunately no single answer Mm-mm-mm. that uh, we can do. In the case of the hospital networks, a lot of it is going to be yeah, the impact to the people whose data has been leaked. As okay. I said, sensitive medical information that you can't take it back, you can't change it. So once it's out, it's out there. So it's about the, the cause or the, the damage it may cause to those people, but also reputational damage that may yeah. occur to the, to the hospital or to the facility where... People say, oh, you're not secure. I'm not going to take my business elsewhere if that's a possibility. Mm, and that really illustrates complexity of this matter when it comes to cybersecurity and why one should really pay close attention to it and, you know, get as much advice from experts as possible. Chris Thomas, Senior Security Advisor, APJ at Extra Hop on the line with me. Chris, I appreciate your time this morning. Take care and have a great day ahead. Thank you. You too. 
To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.